I want you to take your Bible and turn with us tonight to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 24. I want to look at one verse tonight, just one verse, Matthew 24 and verse number 12. I have preached this two or three times before, preached it at WTBI Sherathon. I didn't want to preach it up here again, but God said, I want you to preach that. I want to mind the Lord. I didn't come uh, to do anything but try to mind the Lord. This text is on my heart tonight, and I feel like this is what God wants me to expound. Thank you for your prayers. I appreciate the privilege to come and be here, and I appreciate this good number out on a Tuesday night. I want you to stand with us now, please, in reverence to the reading of the Word of the Lord. And remain standing for a moment of prayer. Matthew chapter 24 and verse number 12. The words of Jesus. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Fathers, I bow in your presence tonight. I want to thank you for the blood of Jesus, Lord, that has purchased our pardon. I'm so glad that that blood is right before God Almighty on his altar, and our dear Savior is at God's right hand, sitting, having obtained eternal redemption for us by his blood. Lord, on the basis of the blood, I approach thee tonight and ask God you'd search us and purge us from anything about us that would grieve the Holy Ghost from working through us. Lord, touch us tonight. Give us that unction and anointing to speak the word of God that you've laid on our heart. May we have a measure of liberty. May you give this audience, Lord, receptive hearts and uh, Open ears to hear what thus saith the Lord. And God, we'll praise you for your help. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Amen. 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 I want to preach tonight on this subject. Listen to me well. I want to preach on the chilling winds of lawlessness. The chilling winds of lawlessness. From that text, Jesus said, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Before I expound further on the message, let me first give a word about the wind of this text. The wind of this text. If you'll notice in the context in verse number 8, it said, All these are the beginning of sorrows. There is a turning point here. This is the beginning of something. It is the beginning of the end of the age. Now, what you need to know is that this text that I've read to you tonight is a part of the third answer or the third question that was asked by the disciples back in verse number 3. Remember in verse number 3, they asked the Lord, Tell us, when shall these things be? Question 1. And what shall be the sign of thy coming? Question 2. 
and of the end of the world. That is question number three. The word world there is not cosmos, the Greek word cosmos. That uh, brother and sister where he said, love not the world, neither things of the world. This is the word aeonos. And aeonos means age. A world age, if you please. And so the, the word aeon here is a period of time and of ages. So what they ask the question, what shall be uh, the, the sign of, of the end of the age? The end of this age. And the age here, according to the context, and I'm going somewhere, the age here is referring to the tribulation age. The tribulation age. Now you need to know this is a part of the Olivet Discourse. And remember the Olivet Discourse was directed to different groups. And here we see the message is directed to Israel. And showing the signs of the beginning of the end of the Jewish age. Which brings us to view the time of Jacob's trouble. Now, here in verse number 8, And all these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the the same shall be saved and this gospel of the kingdom now gospel of the kingdom not the gospel of grace but the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations and then shall the end come now all of that my friend lets us see uh, the timing of this text it is the time of Jacob's trouble. This verse that I'm taking for a text tonight, uh, my friend, is Daniel's 70th week. This is something that happens in the tribulation age. The when of this text. But number two, let me say a word about the warning of this text. Although the context here primarily deals with the tribulation period. Yet this text is very relevant even for this hour in this day and age in which we live. We know, my friend, that things are falling into place uh, politically, economically, uh, my friend, technically, I'm telling you, things are falling into place to set the stage for a coming world ruler that is inspired and indwelt by Satan. The Antichrist is coming on the scene, but there's something holding him back. And it's the church that's got the Holy Ghost in them. Amen. We, amen, we're still here. He can't show up until we're gone. I'm talking about the Antichrist. 
But anyway, before the tribulation, my friend, and in the tribulation here, uh, the Bible says that the, because iniquity abounds, the love of many shall wax cold. Well, let me say, my friend, that that is already beginning to happen now. You see, before there is an earth, uh, uh, an explosion of a volcano, there are a lot of pre-shocks. Oh yeah, before the big earthquakes hit, there are pre-shocks. And I want you to know my breathe right now that we're living in an hour when we're seeing already a cooling love among the people that are called the people of God. There is a cooling effect taking place right now among those that claim to know God. Here is a warning, a warning to us. I know this text talks about the tribulation. But what I'm saying is we are right there. I mean, you know how quick the tribulation could be here? In a moment, in a twinkle of an eye, at the last trumpet. Amen. That's how quick we could be out of here. And when we're gone, the tribulation begins. But guess what? I'll be back. Seven years later, I don't believe I'm going through a second of it. I don't believe the church of Jesus Christ is going through one second of the great tribulation. It is Jacob's trouble. It is not the church's trouble. Amen. He's not appointed us under wrath, but under salvation. And I bless his name for that. However, the handwriting's on the wall. My friend, all of these things are coming to pass before the rapture. They have the technological uh, knowledge now, my friend, for one man to be in control of every man and woman and boy and girl on this earth. There are computer tracking devices, uh, my friend, that's placed around the globe. And I'm telling you, the technology is here uh, for the mark of the beast. It's all in place. Doesn't that ought to get us excited? That tells us we're almost out of here. Do you see how the Lord is setting things up? The coming together of the nations, the old Roman Empire is coming together. Hey, but the tribulation ain't here yet, but things are starting to line up, line up one thing after another. And also this truth, my friend, is a pre-shock of what is going to take place in the tribulation. The great apostasy, the great falling away because the love of many shall wax cold. Oh yeah, the, the iniquity abound, the love of many will wax cold. Now let me say not only a, a word about the win of this text and the warning of this text, but let me say a word about the words of this text. Look at that text with me, will you? Look at what it says. Uh, and because iniquity shall abound. Now the word iniquity, the Greek term anomia, anomia, and it means literally lawlessness. Are we seeing any of that now? Is that taking place in our country right now? Was that, wasn't that just a while ago when I, they're trying to defund the police? My friend, the wicked are having a heyday. Hey, lawlessness. 
Lawlessness here means a condition of being without law, being ignorant of it or violating it or being in contempt of it. My friend, this word means a, a lawlessness, iniquity. It means as well and wickedness. Lawlessness is prevalent in our land in a degree we have never seen before. We're seeing things right now we can't believe. It staggers our imagination, the things that is happening in our land. There's no common decency. There's no common sense that my friend, the laws are a laugh. Oh, my soul. Lawlessness, iniquity. And then look at the word, and because iniquity shall abound. The word abound here is plethuno. And it means to increase. It means to not only increase, but to increase more and more. It's kind of like birth pains. You see the word uh, in verse 8, and all these things are the beginning of sorrows. My friend, that is a language of travail. Like a woman getting ready to have a child. My friend, those pains get hard. And then the further she goes to the time of delivery, they get harder and harder and more severe and more severe. Well, that's where we're at right now. I'm talking about lawlessness, my friend, is abounding and it's getting worse and worse. It's not got better since last year. It's got worse. It certainly hadn't got better since they put Biden in the office. Say amen right there. And, my, and some of these... Some of these Republicans, my friend, are just as guilty. I'm telling you what, we need God. Oh, my soul. Oh, yes, brother, this word. And it's getting worse and worse. And so iniquity abounds. And because iniquity abounds, the love. Now, that's the word agapio. And that is the love of God. It's not phileo, friendship love. It's not eros. Sexual love, it is the love of God. Hey, hey, the love, divine love, the inspired of love. The kind of love that Jesus said, Peter, Simon, lovest thou me? Oh, yes, I'm telling you what. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Now, wait a minute, look at that word, wax cold. It's one Greek word, suko. And uh, suko, one time, once only in the King James Bible translated, it means literally to breathe, to blow, or to cool by blowing. Did you ever get a, a burn place and, and uh, a mom would say, and put water on it, and <laughs> blow on it to try to cool it off? Blow on it. Uh, my friend, this word means to make or to grow cold. Metaphorically, it suggests waning love. What I'm saying is, brother, the title when I say the chilling winds of lawlessness. 
because of the wickedness that is abounding and the lawlessness that is taking place, I'm telling you, it's having a chilling effect upon the love that God's people have for the Lord. And I believe that is already taking place right now as I speak to you. So I have a message I want to talk about and think about this truth. The title, The Chilling Winds of Lawlessness. Now let me mention some things here and I'm not going to be real long tonight. I want to talk about number one, the lawlessness that presently abounds. The lawlessness that, that abounds. There is in our land a blatant disregard for law and order. Oh yes, you know that's so. And that's what characterizes our society. And we're seeing it on a scale we've never seen before. There's no respect for authority. There absolutely is no uh, reverence for God seen in our society anymore except among the born again people of God. Even in churches there's not much reverence. You know it's so. I'm telling you what, I remember the day when the lost man had more reverence for God and the Bible and the church than folks saying they're saved in this hour. Y'all gonna help me? Y'all help me, we'll get done quicker. You ain't helping me. Oh, there's a great moral corruption in our land from the white house to the poor house to the low house. I'm telling you, brother, that iniquity goes back for generations. There are, it's not so much, you know, child delinquency, it's parental delinquency. This has been happening generation after generation. One don't feel the drunk generation. My friend, no fear of God. And my friend, passing it down to their children, passing it down to their children, passing it down to their children. We are in a royal mess. And I'm not here just simply the curse to dark. I want to tell you the lawlessness is abounding. Anybody with one eye and a half sense can see that. Amen. Number two, not only the lawlessness that abounds, but the lives that it affects. It affects every facet of our society. All of us are affected. Rich, poor, saved, lost, all classes, all kinds, yes, all races. This is seen in our homes. It's seen in our schools. It's seen on our jobs. It's seen in our communities, even our churches. It is a blight upon our nation. Oh, my soul, but this lawlessness I'm talking about is presently abounding worldwide. The whole world is a churning, my friend. It's almost like a lit fuse on a piece of dynamite. This thing's getting ready to blow sky high. War may break out before we get done here. I don't know, but I do know this, that lawlessness is prevalent in this hour. So the lawlessness that abounds, the lives that it affects. But here's what I want to really get to. The love that it abates the love that it abates that word abate simply means to decrease to decrease to wane to get less to end and I'm telling you what 
wickedness, lawlessness is having an effect on our spiritual love life. And I'm preaching to the choir here tonight. I know I'm preaching to people who love God. But I'm telling you, brother, you need to think about it for a moment and consider how this abounding iniquity can affect our love for the Lord. Do you think it's affecting us? I really believe it is. I believe what's going on is having a chilling effect on us. Well, how does that work? How would that happen to work that way? Well, let me suggest to you four or five things. Number one, I want to say this, that abounding iniquity disturbs us. If it don't disturb you, you're probably lost as a goose. But if you're saved, it ought to disturb you. And it does disturb us. I'm talking about a bounding iniquity disturbs us. We find ourselves greatly troubled and disturbed. And being thus, we, we find it hard to get our mind off of it and get our mind on God. We get, we, we get hard for us to feed on God's word. But we're seeing all the wickedness everywhere we look, everywhere we turn. We find it hard to focus our attention on the Lord. We got our eyes on the storm. We got our eyes on the boisterous waves. And we find it hard because this iniquity disturbs us. You know what? You know, we are sheep of the Lord's pastor, right? He's our shepherd. But you know, there's one thing I've found out about sheep sheep will not feed when they are disturbed. If they're upset, they're not going to feed. They ain't going to feed. And there's a lot of people, my friend, they've looked at Fox News and they've looked at CNN and they've looked at this one and that one, ABC, NBC, and the nightly news. And my friend, they're scratching their head. They're reading their news articles. They got it on their phone, their apps. They're checking everything. And my friend, they get so full of that. And my friend, it upsets them. It disturbs them. And by the time they get to the house of God, they sit there dried up and can't feed on the word of God. I suggest to you the bounding iniquity disturbs us and that affects us. It affects our love for the Lord. Secondly, I would say a bounding iniquity discourages us. It should. If we're not careful, we'll get this attitude. Well, what's the use? Why even try to make a difference? There's so much, what's the use? We, if we're not careful, that'll get our, that iniquity abounding around us like it'll get us discouraged to where we can't even lift up our head. But oh, it's time to lift up our head. Why is it? Because our redemption's drawing nigh. These are signs that are pointing to the coming of our Lord. And I want to say again, ready or not, he's a coming. The abounding iniquity disturbs us. Abounding iniquity discourages us. Number three, abounding iniquity deadens us. What do you mean, Brother Rudy? We have become so insensitive to wickedness. We've got used to the dark. Things that used to be unthinkably wicked 
is now so commonplace that we never even give it a second thought. Oh my, so isn't it amazing how things that were once thought to be sin and a disgrace in our society is now praised and celebrated. That wicked bunch of sodomites coming out of the closet. Somebody said the reason the sodomites have come out of the closet is because God's people ain't been in the closet. We need to get in that closet and get along with God. I say amen right there. But isn't it amazing how, my friend, things that we, and I'm a, of a former generation, I'm of that old uh, Judeo-Christian uh, generation that had to fear of God. I, I, I remember as a, as a child in the Bible being read, uh, we starting the day pledging the allegiance under God. They read the Bible. We said the Lord's Prayer. Amen. Talk about God. I remember that. We've gone a long ways from that a long time ago. There was a decency. There was a reverence. Used to, I remember this. I used to, uh, Brother Hank Vector, God bless his soul. He's a dear man of God down there at Friendship Baptist Church. And him and Brother uh, Stanley Adcox have a prayer about every morning. They pray for us. And uh, he's a dear man of God. But he used, to, he used to keep me and Brother Tom Hayes busy uh, preaching somewhere. And he'd have us down there on the streets. And we'd preach on the streets. And I'm telling you what, I have seen alcoholics. I'm talking about drunks. Stagger down the sidewalk. And when they'd get to where we was preaching, they'd take their hat off and put it over their heart. As they walked on by, you hell yes, sir. Even sinners had a reverence for the things of God. But you know what? It's hard to find that kind of reverence in the house of God. People are treating the house of God like by a friend in some kind of clubhouse. It don't matter what they're doing, what they're texting, who they're talking to, what they're looking at. The boys and girls that sit there and my friend makes sexual advances at one another while the worship service is going on. And we wonder why there's no Holy Ghost conviction in the house of God. Our love has got cold. Things that were once tolerated are now forced on us. But I want you to know something. It was, if it was sin, if it was sin against God in the past, it is still sin against God. Even though society may embrace it and approve it, and they don't want to just embrace the sodomy and approve the sodomy, they want to force it on our children and force it on our society, and they're going to try to close down the churches with that very same doctrine and say, well, we're just a bunch of hate monsters. Can I tell you, I do not hate the sodomite soul. They can get saved, and if they ever get saved, God will deliver them from the sodomy. Amen. But I hate their lifestyle. I hate what they're doing to this nation. They are reprobate. My friend God demanded a, a judgment upon them, and he gave them up to vile affections. 
to dishonor their bodies between themselves. I'm telling you what, my friend, this sodomite socialist left-wing crowd, and I'm telling you what, the Democrat Party has been hijacked by the left-wingers, amen, and a a lot of the backslid Republicans, my friend, when they had a chance, none of them would stand. I think some of them were in there incognito, really were just Democrats that run Republican. Hey, hey! That political statement, that's all right. I'm telling you what, our answer's not from a party. Our answer has to come from God. But hey, there were men of God that cried out and preached against sin in this hour. My friend, they tiptoe through the tulips and they try to make everybody feel good and entertain folk wouldn't dare preach against sin. Come on like you are, leave like you came. We'll soothe you. We'll entertain you. We'll put a strobe light up and mood lights up. Come on now. Boy, the flesh is appealing to that. And they have all kind of entertainment, all kind of things that cater to the flesh. That's what's going on in our pulpits today. Instead of preaching the word of God and expounding the word of God and calling black, black, white, white, amen, calling wrong, wrong, and right, right, calling sin, sin, amen, and adultery sin, fornication is sin, sodomy is sin, amen, robbing God is sin. Amen. Oh yes. But you don't oh people don't they don't want you to tell them about their sin. I'm glad somebody told me about my sin. It got me under the conviction. And you've got the law, folk, for you can ever get them to the Lord. Say amen right there. And that law is so mad how helplessly lost he is. It shows us how ungodly we are. The law's a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Oh, my soul. But I, I want to think about this. Brother, if it was sin, if it was sin in 1950, it's still sin today. It don't matter what the Supreme Court says or don't say. It don't matter what the president says or don't say. It don't matter what the population and the populace say or don't say. If it was sin then, it's still sin now. But you know, brother and sister, this abounding iniquity has had an effect to deaden us. It tends to harden our hearts because, my friend, we just heard so much and seen so much. We, we, have, we have lost this generation. I think it's almost lost the ability to blush and to get embarrassed over things that are going on, over things that are said and publicly taught. And some of this bunch of drag queen uh, reprobates, my friend, trying to wreck these children. I'm telling you what, they ought to hang them and amen and burn them. I hope y'all got that. I didn't come to play, I come to preach. I'm telling you what, but some of this junk now, it is junk and it does bother us. But here's what I'm saying. Have we let it bring our hearts to a place where they're no longer tender? We've got hard, we got used to it. We've got used to the dark. 
We're not weeping over it anymore. We're not blushed. We don't get mad anymore when we. There, are, there was a time, bless God, when they'd be some men that would stand up and be men. God help us. Abounding iniquity deadens us. Abounding iniquity deceives us. What do you mean by that? Well, if we ain't careful, we'll get this attitude. Well, everybody's doing it. Everybody else is doing it. Well, maybe it's okay. I mean, they say they're Christians. Come on now. And, and my friend, and so, you know, many have, uh, are having second thoughts about the Bible. Is it really the Word of God? Can you trust it? Or is it just out of date? And especially the King James Bible. I mean, give us something newfangled, something or another. That, uh, now, I want, I want to say this. I'm going to say this. and You may not agree with this. But I don't believe every translation is, my friend, out to do wrong. I don't believe that at all. I believe, my friend, that there are some honest attempts at translations and other languages, my friend. And I realize that. I, I wouldn't say every language, every translation, but what they took it from. If they didn't take it from the right manuscripts, my friend, they're going to come out with the wrong message. Say amen right there. But I would say this, brother, and say a lot of people have lost confidence in the Bible. They say it's out of date, it's antiquated, but I'm telling you what, it's more to update than the bar money's newspaper. I'm telling you what, it's dead on. But you know, we, we're just around, it's so much around us, and you try to get people to live right and do right and dress right. And boy, you preach to it and you give Bible standards and Bible reasons and amen. And we ought to have some standards. Uh, you preach it though, what will happen is they'll find a church down the road. They ain't a preaching those standards and they'll run off down there. Come on now. Right here in this county, there's people are leaving the true teaching and doctrines of the word of God that's just as clear as the nose on your face. And they say, well, I know the Bible says that, but I feel this way. To the devil with your feelings. If it contradicts the word of God. Amen. Oh, ain't we been sweet tonight. Oh, yeah. We're getting used to the dark. Iniquity has deceived us. Everybody's doing it. Can, can you really depend on this old time? Oh, we're just so indicated. I've heard that all my life. And it's just that same old thing. And you know, we swallow the lies of the so-called scientific community and higher learning. And all my turned our ears away from the truth and have swallowed a bunch of the devil's lies. And academia has been a great a catalyst, my friend, of the degradation of this nation. I said academia. Amen. 
These universities, my friend, these wicked teachers are teaching, my friend, and contrary to the doctrines of the Word of God, you could pay $20,000 to send a kid to school for a year and put them in there, my friend. You've trained them, you've raised them, you've taught them the Word, you've kept them in church and send them down there to one of these universities and they get under some highfalutin doctor of psychology or or some kind of PhD that my friend is all they got is a bunch of hot air and my friend they'll begin to destroy the best they can their faith they'll mock them they'll laugh at them and my friend by the time they get out they won't even know if there's a God or not and that, hey that didn't happen that didn't just start happening 20 years ago that, that started happening, my friend, 40 years ago. At our colleges, my friend, some of them had great beginnings. I mean, really, you look at the history of Yale. You look at the history of Harvard. At one time, it was a place to train men of God to preach the Word of God. You with us? We, my friend, living in an hour. What a desperate hour we're living in. And my friend, there's a lot of people that are falling out by the way and it's just kind of happened gradually. I was kind of thinking about how things kind of slip up on you, kind of happen gradually. We used to take, uh, you, ever, you ever try this? I've, you ever try this? My pastor talked about it one time. said you can take a boiling pot of water and you, and you can throw him in that bottle of water and he'll jump right out. But you could take that same pot with cold water in it, put that frog in it, set it on the eye, and let it start gradually warming, 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 and he'll perish by a friend before you know it because he's got used to it. Little bit by little bit by little bit. People are doing like that right now. They're starting to edge on out. They start missing a Wednesday. They start missing a Sunday. And, and, and my friend, they, got, they quit reading their Bible. They quit praying. Uh, they, they start to question, well, uh, he's just being too old fogey. Uh, we don't believe in the, don't he know it's 2023? Don't he know that we're of the, of the Z or the X generation or whatever it is? Don't he know that we're Generation Z? Don't you know? Hey, hey, that's one reason I'm getting encouraged about God moving in some of these colleges. Uh, at least there is a hunger for God. And if God ever raises up a Holy Ghost revival and it spreads to some of these universities, I'm telling you, there ain't no telling what could happen this way. But as soon as God starts doing something, the devil will try to hijack it. Amen. Oh, brother, our hope is revival. I'm not going to stay in this gear all week. I'm headed somewhere in what I'm preaching, brother. I'm just telling you, we are in a royal mess. And abounding iniquity deadens us, deceives us. And that I would say this, abounding iniquity distracts us. We all get so focused on what's wrong we tend to forget the Lord and our love for Him begins to wax cold. You see, we get so focused on the dark. And I was thinking about when all we can see is what is dark. Think about this. The Lord gave this word to me. If all we can see is what is dark, 
we have turned our back on the light. We, amen, Jesus is the light of the world. He's caused us to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. And brother and sister, I think about if, if our focus is upon, always upon how bad things are, we tend to forget that we are that salt and that light and that we are to continue to stand for the truth. And as we focus on the dark and we spend those hours in front of the TV, my friend, trying to figure out what's going to happen here or happen there. And I just ask again, how much time are we spending in God's Word? And how much time are we spending in prayer? And, and why is it, my friend, that uh, we get, I mean, really, and, and let me say this, this uh, uh, wahoo, or not wahoo, this flu, help me out, where is it from? Luhan. Luhan. Sorry about those in Wahoo Baptist Church. I love you, Brother Bart. Just Luhan. Trump had it right. It's China flu. I had a full-blooded Chinese in my church that escaped the persecution. My friend came to the United States, worked in the military. My friend as a martial arts specialist and took his uh, uh, VA money and went about eight years in, in uh, Bob Jones University and he'd come in my church and he came up to me and he said, there ain't no doubt in my mind that that communist government let that loose on purpose on their own people. Uh, they wanted to purge the, uh, the old people and they wanted to get rich and, they, and guess what? My friend, they about decimated us financially Amen. And the devil's got a hold of that thing. And, and, and the church, by friend, there's a lot of churches that went out of business and maybe they needed to be out of business. If it puts you out of business, maybe you needed to be out of business. Amen. I've got people that left, they never cut back. Hello. Well, my friend, listen. You say, oh, I'm afraid I'm going to get a disease. It's not, my friend. I'm telling you, it's not COVID's our problem. Our problem's sin. Our problem's wickedness. Our problem's rebellion. Our problem's lawlessness. Our problem is forsaken God. Our problem, we've turned our back on all that's holy and all that's decent and all that's righteous and we're embracing, my friend, that which is corrupt and perverse. That being said, but look at all of that. It has caused our hearts to get cold. Oh, my soul, that's happening in so many, so many in this hour. So there is a warning here. There is a warning for the church age. The church at Ephesus, the church of Laodicea. The church of Ephesus, Jesus said, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Cooling love. The church at Laodicea, you need a hot or cold, but lukewarm, cooling love. We're living in that day. 
There's a lot of churches by once held high the blood-stained banner and stood for right and truth. And now, my friend, I've gone astray. Is it not happening all around us? Uh, the love of many is waxing cold. I know men that used to stand, uh, used to preach the truth, uh, have now coughed up the sponge, thrown in the towel, and embraced my friend the carnal, or went to my friend some uh, perversion uh, of translation, uh, a new age kind of gospel, and my friend, they've jumped their conviction, uh, and my friend, they're just trying to build up a little crowd. Oh, my soul, we're living living in an hour of abounding wickedness. Now, I'm done. And uh, I'm going to get uh, Brother Mark Wheeler to come get ready for to sing here. And I, I didn't mean that about a while, while ago. <laughs> come on, Brother Mark. getting ready to sing. I'm getting done here in a minute. I just had a slip of mind. You know, 73, I have senior moments. Y'all understand that? At 73, I have senior moments. Some of y'all, how many is 73? Over, 73 over. Do you ever have senior moments? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had one right then. But I want you to think about this text again. Because Jesus said, because the love of many shall wax cold. What's real important for us right now? I think... I want to say this. He did not say because of iniquity, the love of all shall wax cold. That gives me some help. He said many, but he didn't say all. We don't have to be in the many. We don't, hey, we don't have to fall out of love with Jesus. Hey, but we need to fall in love with Jesus. The need for this hour is, oh, let's love the Lord. Amen. I, what Our biggest battle right now is to stay in love with Jesus. We need to focus on him. It's all about him. It's not about us. It's about him. Direct your affection, my friend, toward him. Love the Lord, ye saints. Love the Lord. Joshua said, take good heed thereof unto yourselves that you love the Lord your God. The psalmist said, oh, love the Lord, all ye his saints. Jesus said in Matthew, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Amen. Jude said this in his epistle, but ye, beloved, build up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God. That tells me something right there. It tells me we've got a responsibility. He, he, said, he said, keep yourself. There's something you got to do. You got to keep your focus on the Lamb of God. You got to keep your focus on the love of God. Don't look at it the storm. Get your eyes on Jesus. He's a coming. Are you ready to meet him? Oh, my soul. I think about John telling us what Jesus said. In John 14, he said to his disciples, If you love me, keep my commandments. Amen. And in verse 23, he said, If a man love me, he will keep my words. 
and my Father will love him. John, first epistle of John, he wrote, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. Why is that? Because he's written in our heart. But here's what I want to end with. The charge that Paul made to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 16, 22. If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema. Maranatha. The word anathema is a transliterated word straight out of the Greek, spelled into the English. Anathema means, if any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be accursed. Accursed. There's a curse on cool and love. There's a curse on cool and love. Whether you're in the church or out of the church, there's a curse on cool and love. If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema. And then he ends with the word maranatha, which means our Lord's coming. That's what we've come right back to, you see. We started a while ago talking about that this took place. This is, what, this is where it gets to the worst in the middle of the tribulation, the love of many waxing cold. But we're seeing it already start right now. But the whole fact of it is, I'm not here to try to discourage you. I'm just here to tell you, friend, all of these are signs, uh, hey, hey, that Jesus is coming again. Uh, and we're going to be out of here before long. If you've got a loved one that's lost, you better weep over them. You better get to them. Uh, my friend, we're getting ready to check out of here. He's a coming, children. He's a coming. Hallelujah. Maranatha, I say, even so come, Lord Jesus.